Okay, so here's the thing. I I've I've had this experience my entire life of like really grappling with religious ideas, which are important to me for whatever fucking reason. Like the why, you know, it's the why question. Why do people fight? Why are there wars? Why, you know, it seems like there's something in the world that's fucked up, you know, and religion tried to put in the religion that I learned about, tried to put a name to it and called it sin. And I was like, okay, cool. There's this external thing, mysterious thing. It's sneaky. And let's try and discover what it is. And just like good motherfucking scientists, what religion does is it tries to put concrete words and concrete ideas to phenomenon. That's what a good religion would do. Now, the problem is that religion often gets confused and intermixed and intertwined in the way that a lot of things do with traditionalism. And that's when you have a desire for there to be an, a, a comprehensible external objective truth that is something that you can just, you know, look, give me the summary. Okay. All I got to do is this, 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 I'm a good person and I go to heaven at the end. Boom. Sign me up. Tell me what to do. Oh, I got to show up. I got to give you some of my fucking money. Wait, what? Okay, and then you you know you go home in your way like okay, how much does my fear of hell weigh against my income really? And how convinced I am am I that I am fucked up because these guys claim to have an answer for my fucked upness. That seems to be what's going on for a lot of church, a lot of organized religion. That's also, by the way, what's going on for intellectual science circle jerks. Like, man, I just listened to, a, you know, Sam Harris, who I really respect, man. I fucking would love to talk to that guy. But he contradicted himself so blatantly in a span of seven minutes. And it's almost like you could put, oh, I should try this. Put the video in reverse order. Put the second half at the beginning and make him actually argue that he contradicts himself. That'd be funny. Let's see if that would work. Anyway, it's like, how you know, I'm thinking, how do I prove it? How do I give objective, provable, undeniable evidence of this mysterious thing 
in us that causes us to contradict ourselves. And I contradict myself all the time too. I probably have done it already in this episode. If not so that you could hear it, then at least in my thought patterns or you know, my intentions versus my actions. My goals versus my work. Because so often I am working out of some kind of weird habit or obligation and it has nothing to do with any of my goals. Or it seems so if you think about the fact that you're losing time of your life to be alive and live and experience the world. What is that really worth to you? Because I think that's what I didn't do in my life, which I didn't think about the time that I spent at work. What is that costing me in terms of a human that's only alive for X number of years? It's relatively short. Like I can comprehend this time span pretty easily. Like if you live to be, think about it. If we live to be a thousand years, it'd be super difficult. Like science is like, oh, let's, you know, let's make humans live forever. Why are we, there's a flaw in humanity that we die, we get old and die. Well, maybe not. Like, do you know how much shit I used to worry about? And then through what I call religion or philosophy, or science. I mean, to me, they're all the same thing. It's like, I want to understand the shit I don't understand. And it's not just about keeping my human body machine breathing. It's really that I want my mind, I want to be able to continue to think, to exist. Hey, we can put your body into a computer and you'll live forever, but your consciousness will be fully there. As a matter of fact, you won't know because think about it. Your thoughts just happen in your brain. They're ideas. It's not really. When you stub your toe, you feel the pain in your toe, but actually that thought of pain is coming from your head. The concept of pain, the experience, actually, let me say that the experience of the pain is coming from your head or somewhere around there. Like what's what spot in your head are you looking from? You're like, well, I'm looking through my eyes. I know you're looking through your eyes, but what is using your eyes to look? Those are like the religious questions. So all of this stuff about science, it just doesn't address this part of what is the part of me that is conscious? I think that's really the question of religion is what is consciousness? And how do we use it best? So I have some people that I follow on YouTube, Objective Personality with Dave Goofy Pants Superpowers and Shan Giggle Girdle. Uh, I don't even know what her fucking thing is. Sham something, something. Sham personality. Um, and I think the internet calls them shave because they're kind of like, basically when you talk about these two and you're into this objective personality stuff, you're 
talking about them together, like their collective ideas. So people call them shave, which I think is fucking hilarious. But they're really onto something. They're, they're saying we can put labels on all of these weird personality quirks that people have. And it turns out that there's basically just nine switches. Like, remember those old chips? You get them, like, for a phone or whatever, you know, and you're like, oh, you need to, or an old computer. It's like, if you're an old computer nerd like me, when you had to literally go in there with your fingers and move switches around to get something to happen, there would be whatever, eight or nine little switches, eight, eight switches on this stupid freaking computer that would give you 512 choices. Or maybe more, I don't know, but at least 512. I think 512 because of objective personality, because they find that there's basically nine little human switches and you change those around and boom, there's your personality. Well, maybe we could do the same freaking thing with God, with mystery, with what science would call ignorance. And I would call the well of all good questions. I'm a creative person. I recognize that there's more to my life than eating and shitting and breathing and all of the cellular functions that depend basically on that. I've got input, output, and this engine that it feeds. That's my body. And how is it different than a freaking worm? How is the body different than a worm? A human body. The human body itself. I don't think of myself often, me personally, I don't think of myself often as the body part. I think of myself as the part where the thoughts come from. And the, you know, when my feelings get hurt, I say my feelings, but I don't fucking, well, I do feel it. Like all these glands, my brain makes all these glands go bloop, bloop, bloop. And my, my machine responds, but often that's just dependent on my perspective, on my thoughts at the moment, my consciousness, like what I'm, it has nothing to do with my body or my brain. They're both operating perfectly well. What my brain is doing is making this pattern cascade of thoughts appear and I get scared. Who gets scared? Because it's not the brain cascading, it is scared. It's in fear, like, because what fear does is it just makes you perpetuate action. Like, go farther, go farther, go farther. That's what fear does. Hurry up, hurry up. But which, what is the part of you that's scared? Who is scared? 
it's super hard to sort of put words to it. But I think that religion and philosophy, tradition, well, everything, everything in our human experience connects to this idea or this, uh, this um, experience that we all have that's called consciousness. And you can be more aware of your life or not. Or there's different parts of life to pay attention to. There's the part that is material. That's like if you're driving the car, you know, to the attorney's office, but in your mind, you're just like thinking about the questions and the whatever it is you got to go to a freaking attorney's office for the idea to incorporate your business. You're so excited about, or that, terrible person that betrayed you and now is trying to take things from you because they didn't like you and they think that you should pay for it. <laughs> like in a divorce or a business partner breakup kind of thing. This person you once trusted and that you once loved and they were like on the inside of your you-ness, of your life, what you call life, your experience, of being a, a human that's alive with feelings, the part of you that holds all the feelings and the memories, the part that would upload to the computer. If you could upload your body, your consciousness into a computer and then put, go into a robot and be alive, what gets transferred? It's data, it's information, it is intangible things that we learn to put down into words or numbers or something and transfer, transfer it. But those are just descriptions of states. It's just a switch. All of our ideas, pardon the noise. All of our, idea, our ideas are just a switch in our head. in a sense, you know, it's, it's, you know, do I remember this or not? Do I, you know, do I apply, do I apply meaning to this or not? And what meaning do you apply? Right? And it's incredible how much of it is based on your culture and your experience, right? Like imagine not knowing anything about astronomy or the solar system and an eclipse happens. Are you stupid? Are you a dumber? Are you a less capable consciousness because you don't have the science behind it and you just experience it? And do you, how do you look at that? It probably depends on your mood and your attitude. It could be a sign of impending doom or it could be a sign after you just won a battle to take a long rest and the gods are proud of you. The universe is happy with you. So it just brought this long night for you to rest. Good job, you defended your territory.
that gets uploaded to a computer? What is it? What, are, what is that whole story of a life? What is your life? These are the kind of questions that religion is trying to tackle and like science and non-duality. Um, I, this organization I've found recently, um, Father Richard Rohr, Rob Bell from a Christian perspective. It's getting underneath being just a big dummy about religion and about the questions that religion asks. Because this is what it is, is religion and philosophy are the same thing. It's just one says you can't use a conscious mystery to explain things. And the other one exclusively uses a conscious mystery to explain things. But they're both talking about the same mystery. It's what is it that life is and what is it that makes us alive? If we're different than animals, what's make it, what makes us different? Why can't we upload our dog to a computer and then download it to just another dog? And then if you do that, then when you download it to the other dog, the dog that was there, whatever was in there making that dog itself, what did you delete or replace or change? And you can't measure it. Like, well, I don't know how to measure. We don't know how to measure it. There's no, we don't talk about it because science just says, oh, that's religion or philosophy. That's not, if you can't measure it, we don't want to talk about it. But you used to not be able to measure electricity or when the fucking eclipse came. Because you just didn't live long enough to have records about the last eclipse. Think of what writing did to change the world. And then think about what the printing press did to change the world. And the first book widely published and the most popular book published still today, I believe, is a religious text for sure. It's, you know, the Bible or the Quran, I'm sure. And maybe, you know, yeah, if you look at just the most published books, I'm sure they're religious texts. There's, there's a human craving for these questions. What is that human craving, scientists? And and others of us are saying, you know, there's just this assumption that we create this craving. What if the craving created us? What if we're a result of the craving or a manifestation of a craving or a manifestation? Because now scientists are saying that matter, when you really get down to the bottom of matter, it's all just energy. So what's your body anyway? It's just energy. So what holds it together? What makes it think? What makes it love? Why do you prefer chocolate or vanilla or strawberry or coffee crunch, Jerry Garcia, monkey face? Why do you prefer that one? Why do you want to be unique? Why do you want to fit in? What is the source of the answer to all of your why questions, especially, especially, and this is what I think religion really is asking about, especially the parts of you that you don't understand or you're unaware of. You ever do something you're like, why the hell did I do that? That is what religion is trying to answer. And what a lot of religions do is a cop out and they say, oh, it's sin. It's a flaw in humanity. I say bullshit. Because 
we existed successfully and lots of life on this planet exists successfully for millions of years without this consciousness thing apparently or at least one that we understand in in a level of technical ability to acquire language because really language is just a technical ability you need the hardware and the software and we we are the species with a really disciplined ability to deal with both but maybe like when animals follow instinct maybe religion is the same thing and you can say it's just instinct involved it's just instinct evolved and perfect fine i assume you're right so what is instinct itself Def show me some instinct how much does it weigh what is the color how you know what is the specific gravity what device would you use to measure it okay so we don't know what device doesn't seem that we have one we can sense our and and really when we study consciousness and we study even physics like you know watch a video on the double slit experience and it'll experiment rather and it'll blow your mind out about what is what is really happening here like einstein says time is relative but we use time as a constant in our daily life in the same way we use physics and reality and tangible material things as our existence but what science is starting to show us is that even it is all just energy einstein called it spooky actions at a distance which is such a great way to describe what religion is trying to say you know well anyway not religion but this a spiritual question a philosophical question whatever this this um yearning in humans is is there a way is it measurable could we if we stop just dancing around the issue because as soon as you address that issue then there's a whole lot of other freaking existential questions that come into play like okay oh my god then what am i and where did i come from and i feel shame why what is shame because my shame is private nobody knows so what is why do i have this feeling what is pushing me is it a devil is it a you know and here's 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 my my thing about an objective religion that i think we can get down to is really religion is just usually a way to say i'm going to flow with this or i'm going to resist this and call it sin and then just try really hard to not do it by you know rejecting it and fighting against it you know i'm going to fight this and the other one's like i'm going to go with the flow and and i find that when i just go with the flow i don't have bad thoughts you know 
I only have bad thoughts when I'm going against a flow. And what I want to get to is, can we at least just start to define some terms or define what we might be trying to measure with these questions that philosophy and that philosophy asks questions about, that religion proposes to give answer to, and that uh, songs and music and creativity and love. If you think about it, there's this human experience, there's this human feeling that you can measure physiological response to. You can measure in the body responding to it. But all of us know that the feeling is different. Richard Dawkins, I watched in an interview, he said that he doesn't like going to it into a house that is said to be haunted. <laughs> Why? Why? What is that? Okay, fine. So you have a feeling of fear. What triggers that? And I think that Shan and Dave at Objective Personality figured out a lot of the why you have what fears you have. And that will determine a lot of your actions and a lot of your, you know, the, the blind spot. It determines your blind spot. All of us have a blind spot. All of us, though... Here's the thing, tracers point both directions. Thank you, Sergeant Yabadaba. I can't remember your real name. I just remember the other drill sergeant called you Yabadaba, and it was a really good name. But um, you said tracers point both ways. You don't like tracers because tracers point both ways. And holy shit, that was right. And you were Yabadaba, man. You were, yeah, you were an, an extroverted, intuitive for sure. And you cared. Thank you. Um, but our personality flaws, this quirk that we have in our life, it points in one direction or comes from the same source. You know, either way you want to say it. But there's a way to find the, the force the seemingly impossible to discover invisible force behind that. The thing that religion calls sin and that psychologists call uh, subconsciousness or, I don't know, the animus anima, whatever. I don't know what Freud called it, but Freud talked a lot about it. Um, what's his name talked about? Nietzsche really talked about the feeling of this force when it comes from a dark, like a negative side, a side of mistrust. And then you've got Jesus just going on straight up, just all of the things he said collectively put together into sort of one flow of how to treat people and live and be cool. And I, I would doubt that anybody would say the overwhelming number of red words in a red word edition of the Bible flow in a really cool, really generous, yeah, we're all on board with that direction. He's just saying the obvious. But he used guide language too. He also did all kinds of crazy things like a 40-day fast in the desert. So fucking hot in the day, fucking cold at night, fucking starving for 40 days. And he did that just to find out what truth was about. I guarantee you there were times during that that he felt miserable and he kept going. 
there were times that he thought he was literally going to die if he didn't call for his friends, you know, or, or start crawling back for help right now. And he kept going. He's like, I want to know so bad about this mystery. I'm going to freaking stay here, even though I'm starving my ass off and freezing and burning up in the day. Because I want to know where this comes from. And I think psychologists work on this. I think, uh, what does my wife always call me? Anthropologists. I think, I don't know much about anthropology, but I think that's all, they're all looking, they are all looking at the elephant. And one is looking at the ear and insisting. One's looking at the leg and insisting. One's looking at the tail. One's looking at the asshole and insisting. Those people probably voted for Trump because they are some negative people. Watch Fox News with the volume off. And how many people there look happy? How many people there, if you would say, just look at the way they move, look at the way they interact with each other, look at the looks on their faces. If they're screaming at a TV, they're screaming at you. Why are you watching somebody fucking scream at you like that? Turn the volume off. Assume they're saying something that you don't want to hear. Assume they're talking about the opposite views of yours and look at their tone. That's your input? That's your hero? Why is that? Why haven't you noticed that before? Why haven't you noticed that your husband's an asshole before? Why haven't you noticed that you're an asshole before? And I'll close with the, I see I'm just hitting 30 minutes. So I'm going to close with a, with one of my favorite analogies, you know, and I think I already used it, but you're driving to the freaking attorney's office. You're, you're really excited or you're really nervous or scared or about something. And you are having one of those conversations in your head where you're acting the whole thing out. You're reenacting the fight. You're exacting your revenge. But you're into your little fantasy in your head. And your body drives the fucking car through traffic for 30 minutes. Sometimes in an hour. And you don't remember a fucking minute of the drive. You passed two accidents. And an ambulance went by and you don't remember it. Like you have a vague impression of it, but you don't remember getting, you don't remember actually getting out of the way. You just remember that you had to get out of the way. The part of you that was doing the thinking had to get your body, you had to pull over. But all that time, there was another part of you every time the traffic moved forward that lifted the gas and put it back down. And that turned on the blinker, that checked the mirrors, or that was listening for that fucking ambulance when, in your mind, there was another part of you that was arguing your case, or proving your point, or defending your action. We're trying to figure out how the fuck do I get people to figure out or to believe this lie that I want them to believe? What are all their arguments and how can I defend my actions? But there's that part of you that was driving the car the whole time. So part of you was driving the car. I call that the body, the flesh, you know, your meat suit. I don't, I don't know what you want to call it. 
Rondas described it as like when you die, it's like taking off a shoe that was just a little too tight. Or maybe he said that about gaining consciousness, you know, becoming aware of this part of yourself and fully engaging with it, fully recognizing that that's you, really. If you were going to die, and they said we can put you into someone else's body, the part that they would move, what part is that? That's the part that has the argument in the car while the meat suit drives. And the meat suit has feelings. They come from your brain. The meat suit has uh, a body, a, a physical, tangible, corporal thing, physical, measurable, with science tools thing that it drives around in. But there's also a part that falls in love and has questions. What Young called intuition. And then there's this part that has like reasons and sort of, it's sort of the logical part. So if you think about it, even science, there's a logic behind all of the truth. Like there's an understanding that's really just this pattern of comprehensions put together and, a, and an ability to predict how it turns out. Or just a flat out, actually science is really just the flat out certainty that it will work one way. We measured this and we can predict that practically, practically speaking, 100 out of 100 times this will work. But even that gets turned over because we used to have Newton and now we've got Einstein and both work at different sizes. What the fuck does that mean? Well, the same thing is true with your consciousness. You've got this experience of your life, but what about where your ideas come from and where poems come from? Why do memes work? Why are these, these big collective ideas? What collective idea rolled through Nazi Germany? What collective idea rolled through Jerusalem when Jesus was walking around? What collective idea was rolling around when when Einstein's ideas that he first came to watching, I think he said watching balls on a trampoline Whereas where he started thinking about gravity, playing as a boy or, or at least a young man in, in a, with a trampoline and balls in a, in a rock or something, you know, to give some weight, showing bending of that fabric of the trampoline. It's like, holy shit, maybe time space is like that. Where do all those ideas come from? It's all the same thing. Music, love, creativity, it's all the same thing. Oh, I rambled and I wanted to summarize. So anyway, I think Young nailed it. I think we've got inputs and outputs for both of the parts. We've got a physical part. Sensory takes input in. And feelings uh, we can use to make decisions. But they also, they just basically pull in a direction. Intuition is where creativity and love and 
all that stuff comes from. It's sort of a pattern. It's a meme of existence. That's what intuition is. And thinking, you know, science is kind of a, a meme of thinking. Yeah, all scientific ideas are a meme of scientific thought, scientific understanding. At the present time, and remember they change because we're wrong about so much shit. You, and the trick is to, what consciousness I think is, is seeing your blind spot, seeing everybody else's uh, specialty, kind of what they can see that you can't see. And like I said, there's about two, 512 different types of us, just nine little switches we move around, determine our personality. Almost like this place is a fucking simulation. And it is, if you talk to the Einsteinian physics, like talk to whatever, what's that, the Asian scientist, I keep wanting to say Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, he's a, he's a uh, psychologist or something that's incredible about motivation. But yeah, motivation, where does that come from? When you really want something, where does that come from? It's, it's not the same part, like where love where does love come from? What motivates us? That's that's just the religious question. I think there might be a way to make it objective, and that's going to be my quest. Sorry, started thinking too much and rambling. Um, that's how it happens. Part of my personality type. Anyway, more on that later.